TG Geeks, episode 147, December 11th, 2017. Geeking's greetings! Hello and welcome to another webcast from TGGeeks.com, where Ben and Keith, the two gay geeks, talk about all aspects of geekdom and nerdery. Sci-fi, comics, film, horror, genre, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Keith Lane and we're coming to you from TG Squared Studios in lovely It's Not Cold Anymore, Phoenix, Arizona. And I'm Ben Raggington, coming to you from It's Not well, okay, we got the doors open, yeah, I suppose. But I'm wearing my sweats because I'm cold, Phoenix, Arizona. Well, we had we had winter on Wednesday and Thursday, or Wednesday through Friday, I think it was. Yeah, now we're back to early spring. Exactly. Or did we regress back to late fall? Who I'm not knows? Sure. Who knows? Who knows? Well, we have, uh, this is the start of our uh, holiday season, and we're going to kind of be on vacation, so we're recording a bunch of stuff here and mean yeah i want to say that i you're getting really good at those stingers i am i <laughs> yeah, that was cute i gotta admit <laughs> well well i i did that because this one we're going to talk to our friend jonathan latt and we we actually well i'm gonna we'll just we'll Let just go on speak for itself. the whole the whole show is kind of revolving around one particular event later on this week so we're going to go ahead and start uh the geeking as we know it And this time on the show, we've got a returning guest, Mr. Jonathan Latt, author extraordinaire and pop culture uh, geeky goodness. Welcome to the show again, Jonathan. Hey, guys. How are you? This Good. is, what, the fourth time now? Third or fourth, yeah. I mean, yeah, twi- I, is, yeah I think this is number four. Yeah, I think so. I, I, lo- I love doing your show. And I and it's it's so far, I keep I keep. You know, we keep talking off air, and I keep trying to get out to Phoenix just to hang out and just stuff. It's all good, but I just – things are so crazy. Um, but I'm definitely going to come out and we'll just hang out and have fun. But I also want to do – like, you know, when I came out for Comic-Con last year, and we were all just sitting in the studio – uh, just nerding out on stuff, and it's so much more. I love talking to you guys, but it's so much more fun when we're hanging out in person. Oh, God, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's uh, that's what's kind of nice. But we wanted to do this kind of as a, a little Christmas treat, shall we say, or Hanukkah, <laughs> or you know, How ha- you wanna... Happy Kwanahanza, Hanukwanza, <laughs> you know, uh, Christmas Hanukkah. Don't hurt yourself. <laughs> oh, and and look, I I don't want to get into politics, but you know what. Whatever holiday. I, I, as, as a pagan occultist, I even say Merry Christmas. So exactly. let's relax. So do I. Yeah. Everyone I always, chill. I always say Happy Christmas, Han- Happy Christmas Hanukkah Kwanzaa Festivus. There you go. Festivus. There we go. I, 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 I'm amazed you didn't Solstice. get a cr- I, I, how, do you, how do you say that and not get a cramp? <laughs> well, I almost did. So. Happy, happy Life Day, everyone. Life Day! <laughs> happy hey Life now. Day. That oh was a couple my of days God. ago. Yeah. Was that a couple, yeah, I guess it was a couple of days ago. Hi <laughs> from Keshik. It's Happy Life Day ceremony. Oh. Uh, starring Carrie Fisher singing the worst uh, uh, counter, counter melody to the Star Wars theme imaginable. You know what though? I, that is such a mat. Like you can you can watch that now on like YouTube or at least massive chunks of it, 
And I got to tell you, you know, not to not to date myself too much, but who cares anymore? I remember being very young and watching that on TV. So did I. We and have I a DVD think, of it. Oh, well, yeah, we and, got it on DVD. But no, I I did too. Uh, and what was what's so tragic about it is why did why did we love it so much? Well, I think the reason we loved it is because we were starving for new Star Wars content because we were still riding the high off of uh, off the first film. And it was going to be a while before Empire. So, yeah, we gravitated towards it because it was something. Right. Well, and also we were young and... Impressionable. Impressionable and, and, and you know, and then, and then there's mod for yeah. no reason whatsoever. Well, what uh, bugs me, this is the one that actually frosts me badly, is when I think it's um, the, the dad. Is that Itchy? Uh, Chewbacca's father, or is it scra- or no. itchy, scratchy? Uh, no, it's not scratchy. It's it's it's. I don't think it's lumpy. I think lumpy's the the. the I don't know. Scrooged. I don't yeah. remember, but it's the father, <laughs> and he's watching this vid, and they got a music act, and I'm like, it really should have been ELO, not Jefferson Starship. Yeah, yeah, but the the whole thing is just a, a train wreck of a thing. <laughs> And, and and the only thing I can think of is is you know they must have been on set and every time somebody said cut reset they must have gone what are we doing what why am I I'm Han Solo for crying out loud what am I doing well, here we well, know that George Lucas uh, desperately wants to find every copy of this holiday special and burn it well tough George it's uh, out there yeah and and George should keep quiet because yes he should. The internet has proven time and time and again. The minute you tell the internet, "I don't want this on here," it's it's it's, it's going <laughs> to go viral. <laughs> so just keep your head down, George. Go just say nothing. Roll. Yeah, go roll in your piles and piles and piles of money, and and also stop complaining about the the new Star Wars not being your vision. You sold the company, and and I for one loved the force awakens um I, I don't think it was a perfect movie but i was i i i'm a big i i it was so enjoyable and mm-hmm. i'm so looking forward to the next one what'd you uh, think of rogue one uh rogue one was was i my, my problem with rogue one I, there were things i loved about rogue one a gorgeous right oh god uh, it was it was beautiful to watch yeah and i love that everybody died at the end yes uh, you know, spoiler alert, but if you haven't seen it now, I can't help you. You've got bigger fish to fry. Um, but my problem with that is it's the same problem I had with Titanic. We know how it ends. Like, no one's, like, at the, the end of Titanic is never going to end with, whew. And they lived happily ever after. That was close. Yeah. <laughs> we close that iceberg. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, we know, we, we know uh, what happens. We know... So, so in the end, it's a very inconsequential film, um, but it was was beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got other problems with Titanic. Uh, and let me just get this off my chest because now it's gonna I'm gonna be thinking about it and getting angry all day. <laughs> okay, <laughs> let's hear it. Do we have rant music for this? Because I, <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, Jonathan's clearly got a rant to make. Well, this has always bugged me. She held on to the diamond for a thousand years. <sighs> yeah. Your kids probably couldn't have used college money, and then you throw it into the sea. You're a terrible person. You, 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 you. No, you, you, 
No, you sell that diamond and you live a good life. That's what Jack would have wanted. He died for your sins and you just held onto it and you have one conversation with Bill Pullman or whoever it was and you chuck it into the water. No, no. Somebody, there should have been a deckhand who saw her throw that into the into the ocean and gone, what's wrong with you? And then chucked her into the ocean. Exactly. <laughs> After diving into the ocean to rescue the diamond, but watch her drown. Exactly. <laughs> Here, you love Jack so much. Join him. <laughs> Swim, lady. Uh, just sorry. So I just, anyway. I, I, I hate that scene so much. My heart will go on. You can. Marry. Yeah, so Rogue One was interesting. Oh, I loved Rogue One, though. You you likened it to a World War Two. Well, yeah, uh, the one thing you know. that I that I that I really enjoyed about that film, uh, I remember when I started seeing. Well, first I started hearing hearing stories, you know, about what they were going to do, being that this was going to be the first side story. And in my opinion, it's not really a side story. No, it's a prequel to four. Yeah, absolutely. Totally prequel to four. So it's yeah. very much integral. In fact, I've now included that as part of my my annual Star Wars watching when I watch all the movies. I now actually start with Rogue One because it dovetails so beautifully into uh, episode four. So it yeah. But be that as it may, I remember hearing all the, 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 the reportings that were being done on this film, and I thought this really feels like it's going to be a World War II story. And yeah. you've got your allied forces that are breaking into, um, you know, the the Nazi camp or, or whatever it may, may be, in order to get whatever super state secrets they have that could help turn the tide of the war. And that's what we got. It was just set. It was just set with sci-fi dressing. But that's what we got. We got that World War II movie, and I was thrilled. It it had all the beats. Everybody died pretty much because that's what you have to do in order to sell the story. But right. I, I was, I was 100% invested. I, I adored it. I, I enjoyed it. Again, my problem was I just, I know how it ends, right? Well, uh, that's how I was with Revenge of the Sith. Right. But, but that was, you know, so no, no, no. And I, and I get that. No, I got, I got lots of problems with George Lucas's prequels um, uh, from, from, the, you know, from the metachlorine TED talk to uh, yeah, that you did know, turn a lot of people off. Yeah, the the Jar Jar Binks Misa thinks I'm having an aneurysm, um, <laughs> but but they're beautiful movies. And Darth Vader is just so emo. Oh, I love. Well, yeah, Darth Vader. I, I I can't stand emo Anakin. That drives me mad. But, but did, holy moly, Darth Vader in Rogue One. Oh no, Darth Vader in Rogue One was awesome. And I agree. It's like a World War II movie. It's very Bridge Over River Kwai, Guns of Navarone kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I and I and I love that stuff. And I still watch that stuff. I, I love all those great, uh, you know, uh, uh, World War II movies. And and oh. the, well, I was going to say the one thing that that I really loved about Rogue One is it sort of undid a little bit of the whole midichlorian nightmare, and that is. It showed that you could be sensitive to the Force. You may not be a Force practitioner like a Jedi, but you can be sensitive to the Force to some degree. As we saw, some as we saw one of our main characters. I mean, that that blind man was one hell of a fighter with a stick. Well, and I love those guys. I uh, do too. They're great characters, and of course, I'm I'm always I'm 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 always a big fan of a sassy droid. Uh, so I, I liked the the reprogrammed um, uh, droid. Uh, what was his name? The 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 Imperial droid that had been reprogrammed. Right. I, I, K two S O. Yeah, I yeah. refer to him as the anti three PO. 
Yeah, yeah, he was, he was, yeah, not, he is not vested in human cyborg relations. Um, but no, I thought it was, I thought it was good. It was just, you know, I, I'm not necessarily, and I, and that might've been my problem with the prequels aside from the other problems. I mean, they were visually gorgeous, but, but, you know, uh, you know, I had problems. Emo Anakin, Jar Jar Binks, which was just so blatant. Um, and, and, and a couple other things, but, but, but I did part of me loved that fight scene between Obi-Wan and, uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin at the end. Oh yeah. Um, because part of it just reminded me of the fight with the black knight in quest for the Holy Grail. When he <laughs> just what a scratch. The scratch. How about you? Your arms <laughs> off. No, it isn't. <laughs> well, what's that then? What are you going to do? Bleed on me? I've had worse. <laughs> it's just because you just kept losing limb after limb. And, and if anybody's listening and they're bored, uh, go ahead and cut that together. Just uh, <laughs> uh, that fight scene with the Monty Python soundtrack. Underneath. <laughs> hey, uh, now, now I, we need to watch that that last bit again with the dialogue from Holy Grail, just I, for fun. I have Final Cut Pro now, so I may do that. <laughs> oh, that'll be great. <laughs> Sounds like somebody's got a project. Um, but yeah, there's there, you know, but well, I think we're going to see. You know, it's interesting. I think uh, keeping in the in the in the Star Wars thing. Uh, you know, some of this stuff I'm, you know, I, and I think I talked about this on my first uh, talk with you guys. I'm sure we've talked about it off air, which is, you know, one of my greatest childhood memories, uh, and I was very young at the time, is standing in line, and the line was had to have been a half a block long, with my dad at General Cinema to go in and see episode four. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And I remember holding his hand, and and we went in there, and and we just, and and my dad was one of those guys, you know, because of his generation, where, you know, he sort of felt he he very much, and I was, and I and I did this for a while myself in high school, where where he felt he had to pretend to like sports, but he never liked sports. Bored him to tears. Mm-hmm. He was a sci-fi nerd, right? So this movie affected him as much as it affected me. Right. You know, uh, and, and when I was young, we would watch star Trek in in reruns and, 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 and it's, it's such, you know, that's the thing is, is it's this touchstone of your childhood, no matter what generation. Cause I have friends who are showing their children, the original trilogy and raising them on this. And it, it, it seems to, 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 for the most part, uh, affect everyone the same way, which is sort of, sort of inject this sense of wonder uh, into you, which is a, 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 a wonderful legacy for George Lucas, mm-hmm. uh, which is again why more more so he needs to be quiet and stop complaining. Because um, I thought the Force Awakens, I really loved it. I, I it, it was such a it was basically the plot of Episode Four. Yeah, but but, but I, I thought better dialogue for the most part. Um, of course the special effects were nuts. Um, but like, I think getting back to the force sensitivity thing, you know, there's a lot of talk about is Finn, uh, uh, going to end up as a, a Jedi. And I think he's actually just force sensitive. Um, and I think that'll play out. I could be wrong. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a possibility. So I, let's I theory. What is your theory? Yeah. Let's, let's switch gears to last Jedi then. Oh, okay. What, 
you know, because that kind of dovetails, the conversation dovetails into that. And I was going to go there anyway. What, how, what do you think about what you've seen so far as far as trailers for I, Last Jedi? I, you know, I, I'm so biased because I'm, I'm in, right? I mean, I'm in. You, you, you would, I would literally have to see Jar Jar Binks or a, uh, or, or some sort of, what is it? A, a, a Gungam or whatever. Uh, to go, oh, for God, for God's sake. Um, so I like what I'm seeing. I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying to just watch them purely and not get into all the online speculation about Ray is going to be bad or get turned to the dark side or, you know, she's, you know, Snoke's girlfriend or whatever they're. Oh, Jesus. They're, <laughs> uh, um, you know, it's the May December relationship. Yeah, there you um, go. <laughs> but I I like what I see, and and the the interesting thing is, you know, trying to just watch it in a in a bubble because you hear every day new rumors and new theories. Um, and and of course now they're planning another three movies completely different from the Skywalker family story. Um. I don't know. I mean, if this is, you know, again, I think there are certain things that are going to be revealed. I don't think Ray goes dark. Um, no, I think we're being misled by the trailers. I think, yeah, I think the whole everything in the trailers is very misleading, especially when Luke says that maybe it's time for the Jedi. The to Jedi, end. To end. yeah, you they know, they'll edit. Oh, well, please. hey, edit they do the worse. They it, you know? they do worse in trailers. Not only do they re-edit it in order to lead you down the wrong path, they give you they give you stuff that's not even in the film. Exactly. <laughs> so I think we're being. I I really think we're being misled here. I mean, because they're trying, because they're also trying to make it sound like that maybe Luke goes to the dark side, and absolutely. I tell you, if they did that, there will be a revolt. And 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 absolutely not. I mean, if he was going to go to the dark side, he wouldn't be hiding out in the, you know, uh, most you know one of the most remote places in in the galaxy in Ireland. Know? Yeah, he'd have, yeah he'd have, he'd have gone you know full. Uh, so that's uh, an O Jedi temple. <laughs> Hey, the faith can be gore be with you. <laughs> but but I think but you know but you know I look at Finn um and and you know I'm I'm really looking forward. Finn is one of my favorite characters in a very long time because he's the everyman. He he is more the Luke than than Daisy Ridley is. Uh cuz Luke was sort of the everyman that gets thrown into this you know insane fantasy story. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, I think Daisy, Daisy is the hero, but Finn is the person, you know, he's, he's the guy sitting next to us in the movie theater watching it. You know what I mean? Right. And I, and I think it's a very interesting journey. Uh, of course I, like everybody else want to know who the, the cute little half platypus, half chipmunk thing. Oh, that's the pierogies? Are they pierogies? Is that? Oh, that's the... <laughs> yeah, no, that's... Pierogies. Not pierogies. <laughs> you could prob they would probably make excellent pierogi filling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, everything in Star Wars tastes like chicken. <laughs> it's uh, chicken. Uh, but, but so, so even I went, okay, that's adorable. Um, but that's a far less annoying cash grab than Jar Jar. We, we can uh, hope. We can only hope. <laughs> yeah, but but I think it's going to be great. And I, I I have some theories. Like I think the whole thing with 
with I think Daisy uh, Ridley's character. I think Ray is um, Han and Leia's daughter. That's a popular opinion right now. Um, I, I really think she is, and there were all these other theories going around. Having said that, I'm, you know, because I've I, I don't know how many times I've rewatched Force Awakens, and I'll watch it again before I go see uh, uh, this one. Um, I I do think my my one thing is I I think Adam Driver's character. Does okay. not, huh? Okay. Yes. Does not come back to the light side. Oh but, no 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 no. No, but no, I Kylo think, Kylo Ren. No, he's yeah. I I think he's going to die on the dark. See, I think he goes gray. Oh, becomes a gray Jedi. Yeah, I I think he brings back the gray Jedi order. So interesting because that, that means that he's just a mercenary then. No, 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 no. The great Jedi is, is something that uh, a lot of people have been hypothesizing about. It's been talked about since before Phantom Menace even came out. It's been discussed in books, and there are some who even say that. Um, ah, son of a gun! I can't think of his name anymore. It it went right out of my head. Um, oh, he. Uh, so anyway, t- tell us about what I, I don't know about the great Jedi. Sam, and hang on, I'm. Uh, um, sorry, uh, my computer being annoying. So Sam Jackson's character uh, in the is considered uh, to be gray. Uh, is said to be a, a gray Jedi, and gray Jedi Qui Gon Jinn. Yes, uh, tend to walk this middle road where they work mostly light side, but they also don't believe that you know a Jedi needs to live this uh, asexual monastic existence. They believe they should they should be living in the physical world as well as the spiritual world. Uh-huh. Right. It's not entirely a dogmatic approach like what the Emperor tells Anakin is. I see. Right. And, and I think Adam Driver, uh, Kylo, Ren, Kylo Ren, ends up a gray Jedi, uh, which I think would be so much more interesting than, because he can't come back to the light. That's too Return of the Jedi. Um, I, 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 I don't think he, I think he ends up realizing that, you know, that daddy was right. And Snoke has just been, you know, feeding off him or using him or whatever. And I think he goes gray. And I think that would be a a very interesting thing. Although I will say, I think Ray in the end probably dies. Oh, I don't know. I'm trying to think. In the third movie, and that's the the release of all. She is so, like, I I hated all the guys and girls who came out and said she was a Mary Sue. I I don't think she is. And and for people who are listening who don't know what a Mary Sue is, that's just a, a character that is amazing at everything, you know, for no reason whatsoever. And I think there's reasons... There's reasons she's, she, she feels so familiar with the Millennium Falcon, but there's reasons she is so quick at learning the Force mm-hmm. is because she is sort of – there is so much power within her that – and again, I'm, I'm probably wrong, but I think in the third movie, she will probably die, and when she dies, that release of Force energy – is the thing that finally brings balance um, to the universe because she's so strong. Yeah. There's that 
there's that fight scene between her and Kylo near the end of The Force Awakens where she closes her eyes. Do you know what I'm? Do you remember what I'm right, saying? Right, right. So she closes her eyes, and, and to me, that that's her first. She's sort of accessing this massively deep well of untapped energy, um, and she's going to end up being like you know very overpowered. Um, and I could be wrong, but but to me that it, it you know because they can't end it, you know where. It's it's the Ewok barbecue on Return of the Jedi, <laughs> you know, mm. where they're playing drums on the stormtrooper helmets and and saying grub dub yub dub and and everybody's dancing. Um, I I think it needs to end a bit more twenty uh, first century for for lack of a better term. But I but I, again I could be wrong. I don't wish death upon Daisy Ridley. I think she's lovely. And Daisy, if you ever listen to this, come back to Instagram. We miss you. Your account was wonderful. <laughs> well, this this is kind of interesting that we're having this discussion about Star Wars, and this episode releases uh, December eleventh, which is oh. just days before uh, Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. So I. It, it's very good that we're talking about this. So we'll see what happens in, yeah. the, in the Last Jedi. So let me let me ask this: um, Are you currently watching uh, any television shows, be it through off you know TV itself or or through alternate means, you know, like streaming services or whatever? Well, I I know I you know I disconnected a while ago, so I stream everything through my Xbox. So I have uh, I got the Netflixes and the Hulu's. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Is that I've like been... the Facebooks and the Twitters. The Facebooks and the Twitters and the Instagrams. Um, so I've been I've been actually watching a, a few things back and forth. So I am uh, currently watching a show on Netflix. If you love westerns, there's a limited series on Netflix called Godless, which is amazing. Okay. And Jeff Daniels plays a bad guy, and he's terrifying. Really? He's normally not known for playing bad guys. No. And 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 he has a reunion of sorts with Sam Watterson. Oh my. Newsroom and I love Sam Watterson. Uh Sam Watterson did the greatest fake commercial Saturday Night Live has ever done. Just if you're listening to this, Google Sam Watterson SNL commercial and watch it. I don't want to ruin it for you. Um but this thing is gripping. And, and you know, Netflix, man, you know, I, I really enjoyed The Punisher. I thought it was a slow burn, um, and I really enjoyed it. But Netflix, it's like some of the episodes uh, of Godless are an hour, but some are an hour and 15, some are an hour and 20. And they're just letting them the, these, the, the showrunners tell the story. Wow. And, 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 it's, and I, I love a good Western, and this is a really good Western. And and Jeff Daniels again, he's he, he, you can't take your eyes off him when he's on camera. He is just this amazing evil, and and not like mustache, you know, troll your mustache evil, but like you know, well fleshed out, three dimensional. It, it's I, I really recommend everybody watch that. Um, but but of course on the Hulu's, uh, I'm I'm enjoying Lucifer. Uh, oh, I, oh yes. We love Lucifer. And I really, I, I know, I haven't seen Star Trek Discovery, um, oh. but I am loving, uh, I shouldn't say love, I, I, I do. I, I love uh, the Orville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good show. Uh, I mean, there's only one episode that really pissed us off. The, but... There's one episode that I, I, I walked out of the room in yeah, the he middle got, of the episode. Oh, he was furious. I, I, didn't, I didn't watch the rest of it. It just pissed me off so bad. Which one? 
Oh, they went to rescue these two scientists. Uh, they were actually. Um, it was the. It was the social media planet. Yeah, it was the social media yeah. planet. Yeah. And yeah, and what the, what made me mad was that idiot didn't know when to shut up. He was just a teenage boy. Just yeah. it, it's just it, for someone who is serving in the union on a ship. They should have. They should. I mean, okay, I understand it's a ship full of misfits, and for the most part, I can accept that. But at some point, you got to realize, I really need to be quiet. I need well, to shut up because they're going to kill me now. Well, and also, the, I did have a problem with that episode because it just could have been easily explained by his commanding officer. You know, uh, you know, you could. It, uh, so I, I agree, and I think a lot of it has been. I, I think the main perception problem originally was. Um, that it was Seth MacFarlane, so everybody thought it was going to be a lot of pull my finger in space. Right. But I, I've been watching it for what it is, which is Seth MacFarlane's heartfelt love letter to Star Trek: The Next Generation. Yes. And and when you watch it that way, it's very it's kind of sweet. Although a lot of the stories, you go, okay, it's it's almost too next generation. Like some of it's just been you know yeah. lifted. Yeah, uh, but, but okay, I, is that a problem? Not not necessarily. Not in my book. Except, no, but but I would like to see them start doing new new stories and exploring new things. And I thought last night it, it aired a few days ago, but I saw it last night on Hulu was a truly original episode. Really, we haven't seen it yet. They not, went not into the they went into a two dimensional pocket uh, pocket universe, and and so it was it was very interesting. Um, but but yeah, so, so I, jokes, I really enjoy. So did the jokes uh, fall flat? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh dear! All right, you go sit in the corner and think about what you just said. Um, but but I've been really enjoying that, and of course, uh, Mind Hunters. I don't know if you guys saw that on Netflix. Which no, was, I'm familiar no, with it though. We've heard about it and heard that we should watch it. And um and, and other than that, you know, I've been working so hard, and of course, with now with my uh, my my very manly uh, schedule of uh, the fighting. And uh, the man. and the limping, um, <laughs> so you know uh, it's it's tough to catch up, and and some nights I, I just don't even want to think. So I have dug back into. I started doing this the other night. <laughs> so let us set the wayback machine, Mister Peabody. Mm-hmm. Okay. Picture this: it's nineteen ninety seven, nineteen ninety. Eight, maybe. Okay. And this new show comes on the air called Highlander the Series. Oh, yes. So this show, I, and I haven't seen it since it was on the air. And and uh, it lasted, I think, six or seven seasons. About, yeah. So so we, I think when we think about Highlander the Series, we remember the later seasons. And we forget how gloriously, magnificently bad the first half of the first season was. It was disappointing. It's a miracle of television. Are you kidding me? I am loving this so much. Like, I watched the first episode, and it's Bull from Night Court playing the evil uh, immortal come to to, to kill uh, Duncan McLeod. Mm-hmm. It's Bull. It's the only work he could get. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's incredible. And it is just ham-fisted acting. It is terrible dialogue, and I love it so much. 
And, and of course, now what we're watching on Hulu is not the American edit. We're watching the international edit. Oh, really? Right. So every now and again, there's some French Canadian side boob and, and just things that I think back in the nineties, people would have gone, that's so racy. It's just so, it is so, it's so funny and it's, like, well, this will this will get the viewers in Europe, <laughs> and right. and 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 it's just like, like there's this there's just this random scene in the pilot of his girlfriend in the shower behind this sort of warped glass, so you can't really see anything. But I'm sure it must have blown some 13 year old kid's mind when he was watching it internationally, mm-hmm. but was never but was never in the American cut. You know, because we're so, you know, oh, we're purit- so repressed and pur- puritanical. puritanical. Yes. I mean, you know, I'm not. I'm a I'm a filthy heathen. Um, uh, it's because I was raised right. But but, uh, you know, if you haven't seen if you've never seen Highlander or if you haven't seen it in a long time. Do yourself a favor. Go ahead and just 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 make up a, a nice hot, hot cup of cocoa. And sit back and and just bask in the glowing glow of the glowing glow that is just super cheesy '90s syndicated action hours, and it's. I'm gonna probably watch some more tonight. We have to pick that up it, after the first of the year. Well, you know the the thing that really bugged me about Highlander the series is that okay, first I'm watching it and all right, I, it's, I'm I'm one of these canon freaks. I don't know why I'm just so big. I mean, ever since I was a child. I've always been a a, a big big uh, pusher on continuity. Yeah, uh, you know, and you know, even taking two entirely separate shows and trying to mash them up and make the canon work. I mean, that's just the way my brain works. Right. So I'm watching the first part of Highlander as it first appears, and I'm like, okay, this works, this works. You know, I was able to actually identify, you know, where this could take place in the overall Highlander canon, and then then it does this. Wow! Then it does this about face, and then uh, tells us that actually this takes place after the first film. Yeah. So this whole idea of there can only be one is now well, there can only be many. Right. Well, and, and also <laughs> it you know it takes place after the first film, and then they want you to realize, then they want you to to keep in mind that the third film definitely never happened. Ew! <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> And 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 we should all ignore the second film. Yes, the only good and, thing about the second film was Sean Connery, right? And and well, Sean Connery was in the first one also. Yeah, but he only he's got like he's like, well, like twelve minutes of screen time in the second film, and it's the best twelve minutes of the film. Absolutely, and I love Sean Connery because he just doesn't care because it's I'm a Spaniard, I'm a Russian, I'm French. You're, this is the voice you're getting, and deal with it. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm only going to play. I'm only going to act this role if I can find a place to play golf. Yeah, because that's so, what he'll do. I mean, is if there's a golf course nearby, he'll take the gig. But but hunt for Red October, Highlander. Uh, you know, it's it's like he's like, I'm not doing accents. This is what you get, man. I'm Sean frickin' Connery. Deal with it. I'm an exactly. Irishman or Scottish. Yeah. I'm Irish. Scottish. I'm Scottish. I'm Spanish. I'm Russian. Yeah. I'm Egyptian. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll say caviar. Um, and, and you know, but but uh, the the first Highlander movie is a great movie. I love the first film. Um, but but you know, but but again, go back and watch the pilot of of Highlander because oh. it's just 
because Duncan, Connor McCloud, whoever, what was his name? Christopher Lambert. Christopher Lambert, yeah. Sh- shows up and they're, and they're just so <laughs> trying to weave this all together going, you know, yes, I heard of a tale of a man who was immortal and da 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 da. And he's like, that's me. Yeah. And, and, and then his, <laughs> and then, and then Connor McCloud has his butt handed to him on a platter. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm really like disappointed. You're supposed to be like the one. Okay, whatever. Right. And but he's like, I'm not doing syndication money. Um and then there's the the kid uh Richie. Richie. Who is just he is uh, but it's it's amazing cuz again, this was a Canadian production, right? Before I think we were all uh, very aware of what that entailed. Right. So Richie of course, who is the cleanest cut young thug ever you know mm-hmm. he's you know he's a thief and he's a ne'er-do-well and and he just looks like he's late for a bar mitzvah all the time and he, he's just you know he's not what we would call intimidating you know and he's 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 breaking into uh you know every time he shows up he's supposed to be in like street clothes or whatever and it's like this bright green and blue and black leather motorcycle jacket never a motorcycle to be seen by the way and it's just wonderful, you know. He, it's just, it's just, it's, it's terribly magnificent. And I'm not even, and I'm not hate watching it. I'm truly enjoying it for what it is. But also knowing that, you know, by mid season two, they really find their pace, and it actually becomes quite a good show. Well, it certainly strikes out on its own and becomes its own, its own yeah. thing. And actually, that's when I begin. Yeah, I had an initial bad reaction to it because it then totally veered from the Highlander movie that I knew. Yeah. But, you know, it's like then then it became its own universe, shall we say. And then I was like, okay, if I just watch it as its own thing, maybe I can learn to enjoy it, which I did. Yeah, and they have the Watchers, you know, uh, which I haven't gotten to yet. And then, like, random – I know random stuff is coming up that I think blew my mind when I watched it the first time, which is like, for whatever reason, the lead singer of The Fine Young Cannibal shows up as a bad – Oh, and- Yes. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute, huh? <laughs> That's just, I guess he knew the producer. Roger Daltrey shows but Roger, up. D- but I loved his character. He's great. He's great. And I, and again, this is all, I haven't seen these. This is all just from my memory, you know? Uh, no, I know, but it's just, it's, it's one of those, it's just one of those amazing, like you couldn't do that show now. I mean, you could do a version of Highlander. Oh, it wouldn't, it, you didn't do it. Not It would take itself way too seriously. Yeah. And, uh, but, but again, you know, I, I think it was trying to take itself seriously, but it's just so nineties. It, it's, it's like so perfectly nineties. Um, and, and I just, I'm really enjoying it. And I, I, I suggest everyone do it. Oh shoot. I almost forgot about runaways. Oh, hmm. we haven't seen that yet. It's, it, I, I'm, I, I don't know how I feel yet. I, I, part of me, you know, uh, really is enjoying it. I want to see where it goes. I think it's, it's certainly a nice take on sort of the, you know, Marvel, I think is starting to look, Marvel is always sort of two steps ahead of, of wherever DC is. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, like I saw justice league, I thought the individual performances were great, but I am truly convinced that DC's biggest problem is Warner brothers. (laughs) Oh, they, well, okay, okay, I can accept that. No, they need to get out of the way. Warner Brothers, yeah. the, everything that's happening with the DCEU is Warner Brothers' 
fault. I would agree with that. Yes, actually. Yes. Uh, you know, they waited too long and then they decided, well, why do this? Why follow the Marvel model and do this smart with individual movies that will all make good money and slowly build up? No, let's catch up, which is a stupid thing to do, and do our Avengers first and then back. You know what I mean? And then, you know, telling uh, Zack Snyder and, and yeah. Joss Whedon, you need to keep Justice League under two hours, you know, using Steppenwolf, but not using his real backstory from the comics, which is way more interesting. Mm -hmm. It's just, they need to get out of the way. I agree. Um, Not to mention the fact that I have zero love for Zack Snyder. I mean, the guy does not like superheroes. So he's the worst person on the planet. You want to have Helm, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and part of Justice League. I mean, I think the greatest thing that saved Justice League was having uh, Joss Whedon come in and do his own, you know, Avengers light take well, on I, it. But it saved the movie, in my opinion. No, no, and I and I don't disagree. I mean, I think I think dismissing Zack Snyder out of hand, like what he did with Batman versus Superman, was insulting on many levels. I, I remember people getting so upset that he killed Jimmy Olsen. I don't care. Jimmy Olsen hasn't been a relevant character in 60 years. My problem was you take the Dark Knight Returns, one of the greatest Batman, I guess we can call it an Elseworld story, mm-hmm. ever done. Uh, maybe Frank Miller's, pin- it was Frank Miller, right? Maybe his. I believe it was, yes. One of his pinnacle achievements. And then you take the Doomsday storyline, a, a great Superman story. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Death of Superman thing. Yeah, that was a fantastic series. And you go, let's disrespect all of it and just mush it together. And, 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 and it was so insulting. Um, and, and then the whole, and I know, <laughs> I love that they're probably sitting in the writer's room going, yeah, both their mom's names are Martha. That'll, that'll. <laughs> that'll do it mm. uh, you know uh, but but I, you know Zack Snyder did do you know I, I enjoyed 300 I thought it was actually very true to the comic book you know not that the comic book was historically accurate and I thought Watchmen uh, again my only problem with Watchmen was the ending they changed it from the much more sophisticated ending of the comic book but I thought Watchmen was beautiful it was fun uh, to watch. I hated the ending, but you're right. It, I mean, that's yeah. the only part I disliked. But again, was that Zack Snyder or was that, again, Warner Brothers? It's one and the same, and I will tell you why. Okay. It's yeah. because right. Zack Snyder's wife happens to be a Warner's executive. Oh, God. All right. Well, so then... it's all part of the same. He's just a lapdog for Warner Brothers. So, yes, they're all the same. But since you mentioned Marvel... We yes. have to talk about the new trailer. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Squee! Okay, uh, well, enough said there. Yeah, I, I am so well. And again, you know, Marvel. You know, Kevin Feige. Feige. Um, Kevin Feige. You know, this is a guy who's been with Marvel since they were struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a guy who was there when they were. You know, just trying to keep their heads above water and, and, you know, selling off rights of characters just to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and this is a guy who loves his, let's call it product. His you universe, know what I mean? yeah. He, he is, he is 
the the I, I think the true successor to you know uh, for lack of a better term he, he's he's Marvel Studios Stanley. I agree. You know? Yep. Yeah, he he loves this stuff, and and it shows right, and and that's why you're seeing things like Runaways, which is a totally different take on other series that are on the new mutants, which looks like it's going to be a horror movie, which is brilliant by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how they have slowly built up this universe. I, I heard people complaining, uh, you know, the real bitter fanboys complaining that Thor Ragnarok was too funny. Oh, I, and loved, I, it. It was, I loved it. I loved it. I, I, it was so much fun. Um, and so they've been building up, building up, building up. And now we have, what will be as good as an adaptation of one of the most epic Marvel stories ever told. Agreed. Yep. Which is the infinity war. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, again, it's going to be tough. And again, but they're doing it smart. It's a two parter, right? Basically. Yeah. Nobody going, okay, tell the story, keep it under two hours. Well, and also the fact that they've they're employing two directors who are also assisting in the in the writing, the Russo brothers. I mean, these guys have done two Captain America films that were, in my opinion, one hundred percent stellar. When when uh, first with Winter Soldier, which in my opinion was a brilliant political thriller. Yeah, and then you've got Civil War, which. I thought was, I mean, I, I could not geek out more on that film. I mean, they were able to take, you know, a group of heroes on either side. And I was scared to see this movie because, like, I don't want to see my friends fight, you know, because that's what they are. But I was loving every moment of it because they knew how to direct it. They knew how to tell the story and keep me emotionally invested. So now that they're doing uh, Infinity War, well, Infinity War, and then uh, I think the second film is going to be called Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, I, because it's, it's you know, because the 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 i believe and i could be wrong and one of the listeners can correct me is pre infinity war it's thanos quest in the comic books yeah and, and, and that's pretty much what we've been getting in a number of the movies though absolutely and 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 then it's infinity war and then i think it is infinity gauntlet um but like adam warlock is the guy who ends in the comic book i think adam warlock's the guy who ends up with the infinity gauntlet and and so you know so it's all these little seeds they've been planting. I will say this. I, I had a one slight problem with Civil War, which, but it didn't de- de- detract from my enjoyment of it, which was that, that instead of being about mutant registration, it was about S.H.I.E.L.D. being having oversight, which well, they had. It was, it, was, it was all about X-Men and Fox owning the rights. That's why they went the direction they did. Oh, and I understand that. So I thought they did what they did. But Captain America Winter Soldier is not only – the the best Captain America movie. Mm-hmm. It might be the best Marvel movie. Oh, it, no it, argument from me. And 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 again, it's it's you know, um, some of them are so close, especially for me. Depending on what you're into, I, I have thoroughly enjoyed the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Um, I I I love Thor Ragnarok. Um, you know, but man, Winter Soldier just. If Marvel had never done any other movie and that was the movie they did, I think it would stand alone as just an epic, epic film. Um, but all these things they've been planting so intelligently throughout all these movies. Um, you don't show me the pod Adam Warlock is being grown in 
without me as a super fanboy realizing, oh, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. And then and then there's other great stuff where you know the end of Thor Ragnarok. It, it looks like they're you know being intercepted by one of Thanos's ships, right? Um, and then in the Infinity War trailer, he's obviously with the Guardians. He's like, who are you? <laughs> right. They just sort of look at him. And it's Teenage Groot. Mm-hmm. Teenage Groot, baby. That's that's I'm, I'm going to love that. Yeah. Um, and and so, it you know, uh, it looks like the final battle takes place on Wakanda, uh, which is not a, a big surprise. Everybody's been talking about that. Um, and I'm also very much looking forward to the Black Panther movie. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, yeah. we're going to have to wrap this up, but I want to say this. Uh, I know that you've got plans to come to Phoenix. Like, I, it's like I think you said you're looking at February or something like that. Yeah, uh, really you're talking sorry. to it privately. So, but I do know this. When you do come back to Phoenix, we're going to have you in the studio, and we're going to talk more on this because then we can really geek out on what we thought um, okay. about Black Panther, because I believe it'll be out by then. No. Yeah. Uh, Black Panther? I believe it comes, yeah, it comes out early next year. Yeah, I think it comes early out. Early 2018. I'm thinking February, if I'm not mistaken. And then think- Infinity War is is May. Yeah. Because we're always seeing trailers for Black Panther. Yeah, and it looks awesome. Uh, <laughs> oh, February 16th. February 16th. So um, if you come a little bit after that, we can yeah. talk about, or if you're, yeah, I'm, we can then talk about our, you know, our thoughts on Black Panther and, and just have a really massive geek out on that movie yeah. and how that we think that might dovetail into Infinity War because you know they're going to use that as the launch pad. Yeah. Oh, An- no, another, yet another launch pad, just as much as Thor Ragnarok does, just as much as the end of Doctor Strange does. You know, th- this you know Black Panther is going to be the thing to dovetail us right into Infinity War, so we can have that big conversation then. So, in the meantime, yes, sir, because uh, you are a man of many talents and many products. You know, we've, we've talked uh, you know, extensively about uh, the, the fantastic book you wrote, The Geek, and some of your other work. Um, if people want to know more about what you're working on at present, you know, I know, we know you've got a podcast and you blog a lot. Where can people find all that? Yeah. Go to, uh, Jonathan Latt.com. It's, I like to say it's all the things you don't care about in one convenient location. Um, I have, uh, it's so funny. I, and I'll keep this quick. I met with my cover artist yesterday, uh, for breakfast, uh, her name's Pow. She's very. She did the cover for the Geek, mm-hmm. um, and she's also doing the cover for the novella coming out uh, at the end of February called The Eastern Road. And uh, go to artofpow.com. Uh, and so I have uh, a novella and a novel coming out next year, and then two novels, including the uh, sequel to the Geek coming out in 2019. Yes. Plus some uh, screenplay stuff is going on. Uh, I'm, and I'm producing a few films and, and it's all been very, very good, but this is why I'm going on vacation for the first time in four years. I'm pooped. Um, but, uh, yeah, go to jonathanlatt.com. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, where I basically post a lot of my Brazilian jujitsu injuries, um, and, uh, listen to my podcast. Just go to, go to the website. There's Tons, uh, tons of links to useless things. Uh, uh, but, but as always, you know, I, I love talking to you guys and it's always so much fun, uh, to hang out with you when you guys come out here. Uh, and, and next time you come out here, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll head back, uh, to maybe Musso and Frank. Oh God. Uh, yes. 
another for another steaky steak. That sounds like um, a great idea. And then and when I come out, we're definitely going back to that. that Arrogant uh, butcher. Oh, <laughs> yes, just a, just glorious meats and cheeses. Not a not a vegetable to be seen. <laughs> yeah. But well, I, 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 you know, I, I really, really love hanging out with you guys. And it's always so much fun. All right. Well, thank you, Jonathan, for being on the show. Yes, thank you. It was a fun conversation. It was nice to have you uh, on the show again. Merry Merry Christmas and Happy Life Day. Yes. Back at you. All right, guys. This is Jonathan Lant, author of the pulp novel The Geek, and you're listening to The Two Gay Geeks. And when I'm not trying to come up with ways to kill off the characters of my novel, I'm trying to come up with ways to kill off the hosts of this show. I don't remember that. <laughs> that's 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 the number three one that, that he did. I I don't even I don't, I don't how did I miss that one? I I don't, I, I don't remember that bumper. <laughs> I, don't, I think we played it once. <laughs> Here's a few selected birthdays for December 11th through December 17th, 2017. December 11th, Vampira, Mela Nurmi. It was oh. her real name, and uh, it's her birthday. Also, Rita Moreno and Hector Belios and Desdema is a friend of ours who is a comic book artist. And on December 12th, we have Mayim Bialik, Frank Sinatra, Bob Barker, and Edward G. Robinson that we uh, saw a reference to when we watched uh, a movie last night. Yes. And also Dionne Warwick and Le- Robert Lepage. December 13th, Tony Curran. One of the best interviews we ever had during our Slice Days. Yeah. And also Wendy Malick, Dick Van Dyke, and Harry Gregson Williams, who is a composer. He wrote, uh, what, what was it? We Oh, he's the, the composer of uh, uh, Polar Ex- Solar Express. Polar Solar Express! Express. <laughs> <laughs> Polar Express. I will never be able to think of that movie the right way ever again. Thank you very much. It is now, it was forever the Solar Express. <laughs> the Polar Express. December 14th, Patty Duke. D. Wallace and Nostradamus in fifteen oh three. You know, I wonder if he predicted his own birth. I don't know. You know, <laughs> weird. <laughs> D. Wallace. Yeah, very meta. If we had stayed at Horrible Imagining, we would have seen D. Wallace for the Sunday. Yeah. We would have been able to meet D. Wallace. So unfortunately, we had to come back early. December fifteenth, Garrett Wang, Tim Conway, Charlie Cox. Michael Shanks, Gustave Eiffel, and a friend of mine from high school, Brian Dorn. No relation to Michael Dorn, uh, Well, sure. I don't know. I haven't asked Brian that, so we'll have to see. December 16th, Benjamin Bratt, Arthur C. Clarke, Kristen Ritter, and Ludwig von Beethoven. December 17th, Bill Pullman, Bernard Hill, and Paracelsus. So uh, the only Paracelsus I know is from the TV series Beauty and the Beast. Well, he he was a uh, he was a a chemist, scientist, alchemist, something, alchemist. Yes, ah. way back in the day. And yes, he was based on a, a true character. And we'll interesting. We'll talk to somebody that had some uh, involvement in uh, uh, what? What's that? <laughs> I have no idea where you're going with this. I have no idea where I'm going either. Anyway, enough of that. And that's it for the birthdays this time. So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? 
it's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do. Well, the, wait, wait, wait. There's a lot more to The Shared Desk. You got our Loot Crate looky-loo. Oh, what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing, usually it's pretty nerdy. Nerd! And then there are the drop-ins. Has the whole world gone crazy? Yes. There are drop-ins. And we love having guests on the show. It's the shared desk, after all. And if it's Katie or Lauren, you get some lovely singing as well. So find the shared desk on iTunes, Stitcher, or at thesharedesk.com. The shared desk: two writers, one podcast, different, different points, points of view. view. Go give a listen to our friend T. Morris and his partner in crime, Philippa, over at the Shared Desk. And let's see. Now it's time for... No. 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 Not this time. Since we're taking a break, we're on our holiday brink. We'll be gathering all of that lovely feedback. Please leave us feedback. And we'll do a feedback palooza later on in January. And if you do decide to leave us some feedback, you can do that in a number of places at tggeeks.com on any article or on this webcast episode. You can leave uh, comments on our Facebook page, on Twitter, on uh, Tumblr, and also you can call us and leave us a voicemail at 469-TGGeeks. That is 469-844-3357. And remember, please... Play nice. You don't need to hear their identification. They're the two gay geeks. They can go about their business. Move along. And this particular show, we do have a second segment. A tiny bit, uh, only because of the timing of everything. Yeah, and and we'll probably not in our later shows on in. No, but, the, but again, it, it, it's it's all in the timing of everything. Uh, as of when we're recording this episode, we recently had the opportunity to see some finales, starting yes. off with the mid-season finale for Star Trek Discovery. So we're discovering Star Trek, yes. Yeah. Um, we're discovering where we're going with Star Trek. Yeah, I guess that's kind of where we're at. We've been kind of, well, I guess you could say a lot of people, including us, we've been sort of calling this one a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think they've gone into an alternate universe, and that's where, think that's where the series I think it's going to be the Mirror Mirror universe, at least for that's where we were now. Oh, we were in the Mirror Mirror universe? Yeah. And now we're in Prime universe? Possibly. Is that where it ends? I don't know. Hard to say. I mean, we'll have... Or maybe we're in a different universe altogether, and that was... Or maybe that, it that's came from canon. a completely third third or fourth. I mean, there's alternate... There's got to be more than just, you know, the, the Prime universe and the Mirror Mirror. There's got to be, you know, a multitude of parallel universes. Why? Um, Because that'd be the smart way to write it. Uh, oh, Okay. So I'm hoping that you said that I didn't. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I did. It'd be the smart <laughs> way of writing it. You don't just have two. I mean, that's silly. It's a multiverse after all. Absolutely. So, I, I, this is a cop. Is this a cop out? Is it? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I, I think they wrote themselves into a corner with all of the de, uh, what I would call departures from quote unquote canon. 
Um, and the, the and fan up and I think was, they're trying to figure they're trying to fix it and figure it out. Yeah, it, the fan upcry was pretty vocal. I mean, it was very polarizing. I mean, there were a number of fans that just didn't care, uh, and then there were a bunch of fa- other fans that that did care a great deal. Uh, in addition to other things, I sort of fall into that second camp. Well, I you know, and I I keep having to remind myself what I said at the very beginning. If I watch this and don't think it's Star Trek, it's okay. It's actually a good show. I mean, they've, they've got some interesting things. Yeah, but, I, I have to agree with that. You know, when you when it creeps in that it's Star Trek, it's like, oh, God, no. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it certainly doesn't feel like it in, in right. any of the ways. And that's always been my big, uh, my, my big complaint is that it does not give off the vibe that I'm really accustomed to with Star Trek. I mean, I think the stories have been interesting, especially once we got onto the Discovery. I thought the series got uh, much better. Not enough for me to pay for streaming subscription. Right. Yeah. But it got yeah. a lot better. Well, the whole thing is, you know, and, and a lot of people are, are mad about this. The fact that Star Trek has always been free and we're being subjected to paying for something that's always been free, and we still get commercials on the paid service. Yeah, that's a good you know, point. So I, I don't think I don't know how they're going to recoup their costs of this show because it cost a fortune, and and obviously Netflix paid for the first season. How are they going to pay for the second season? Well, it, well is Netflix it, going to foot the bill for season two? Is no, gonna, they're not. Oh well, there you go then. No. Well, at least not that we know of anyway at this point. The The problem is, too, that if they'd run it on regular CBS, their ad revenue would have more than covered the cost for the darn thing because everybody would have watched it. You know, Probably. everybody. Yeah. Instead of this five ninety nine a month for... Oh, well, you haven't paid anything yet. No, I mean, I've They've had given nothing, us free I've months. had free, a free subscription. So all this time, how are they? How are they making any money? I, I anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. In any case, I, I mean, I thought the finale was good. I if if they do a major retcon by jumping into another universe, I mean, okay, that will satisfy the canon freaks. But at the same time, that is like the cheesiest of of outs, in my yeah. opinion. If they're actually going to. I mean, that's by jumping universes. Now we can retcon the entire show and give it a whole new soft boot. Uh, well, that's your way of introducing the show. That was, that's terrible, in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I'm curious to see where it will go. It was an interesting midseason finale. Um, not enough for me to kind of like, you know, be chomping at the bit and say, oh, I, oh, God, I can't wait to see where this goes. I'll just simply say that it was interesting, but so far it has not really grabbed me like a Star Trek show should. Right. Having said that, we just saw the season finale for Orville, and I will start off by saying, "Holy cow, I loved it." Yeah, it was a good. It was a good finale. It was a good uh, season finale, and it was a good finale if it doesn't get renewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It there were no no actual cliffhangers there. Um, although we do know the series has, I've, I've read the series has been renewed. Oh, has it? Okay. Yeah. Thankfully, because I really it's enjoyed a really the good show. show. I mean, it's good, and and they've backed off on some of the the teenage humor, you know, and some of that stuff. There's still some of it that's just annoying, but yeah, I, I think. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. 
I think uh, Seth MacFarlane and company have figured out where the show's strength really lies. Right. And as as, we, as has been said, uh, you know, especially when we had our little chat with Jonathan uh, today, uh, Seth is clearly a Star Trek fan. Right. There is no question about it. The man well, is a and they huge brought Trek fan. A number of different Star Trek. Right. Brandon know. Braga came over. There's a couple of other people from who've had contact with Star Trek, yep. either behind the Content. scenes or. Yeah, hi, I know. Uh, first contact with Star Trek. Uh, first contact. Uh, either behind the scenes or in front of the camera. So there's clearly some... There's, there, there's, this is a love letter, I think. This is a love letter to those people that really love the original premise of Star Trek. And this last episode, I thought, ended on such... It was such a... Yeah, it, it was a familiar premise about cultural contamination right. and false idol, you know, idolatry, things like that. And we've seen that before uh, in in a Star Trek: The Next Generation. And yet, I like how they handled it here. They gave it a bit of a twist, uh, and yeah. I I love the final message from the end, towards the end of the the series about the evolution of this one planet. I mean it. It was very optimistic, and I thought this this is the message that Star Trek needs to be talking about. Yep. This, this is the utopia that we can achieve if we if we truly seek it. So yeah, I'm terribly happy with Orville, and I can't wait for it to come back. I mean, th- it's a great show. Yep. So moving and, on. Exactly, and we're going to play something here. I did this uh, oh god a number of months ago, and it, since. Uh, Star Wars is uh, oh my goodness gracious me released later this week. I'm going to just play this little thing for you. So here we go. Thank you for calling Star Tourists Fun Unlimited, the only place to call for travel to the exotic. At this time, all of our planning droids are busy. Your wait time is approximately. At STFU, we believe your time is valuable. So while you're holding, we would like to share some details on some of our more exotic destinations. Have you ever dreamed of visiting the dilithium mines of Praxis? At STFU, we can take you where no one has gone before. Extra fees for proper safety equipment. What about the planet of Krypton? A very advanced civilization with fabulous soaring cities and wondrous art. Please note, there have been reports of some slight socio-political squabbles, but we at STFU believe there is no reason to worry of earthquakes or planetary collapse. If you are into racing, try the Kessel Run. And instead of staying on dirty, overcrowded Kessel, try the Garrison Moon of Kessel for its great views. Oh. There, there's a note here. It appears there was an incident with a prototype moon-like Imperial base station. All travel to the garrison moon of Kessel has been terminated. If the arts and architecture are your cup of Ractagino, then Alderaan is your spot. Whether you want to visit the cities built on a cliff wall or the plains surrounding the many lakes, you are certain to see some nerf herding. Huh. There's uh, another note. All travel to Alderaan has been disintegrated, or canceled, due to a rebel spy conspiracy. What about the mysterious planet of Gallifrey? We have managed to get special clearance to book new adventures to this extremely exotic destination. 
There is no time like... Oh, wait, another update. It seems Gallifrey no longer exists in the database. At STFU, we have come to expect the unusual. So if you want to visit any of these destinations, we suggest you visit Recall. Thank you for calling STFU. I'd forgotten how funny that was. <laughs> yeah. Oops, I, I played that sound a little a little too early. We have our follow-up items, as always. Check out our calendar. we got several things on there. If you have a film festival or a con that you know about, please let us know, and we'll put it on the calendar. Phoenix Comic Con returns to the Convention Center May 24th through the 27th, 2018. And in January, Arizona Opera presents Candide. Leonard Bernstein's opera featuring the famed song Glitter and Be Gay. This production is part of the worldwide celebration of Bernstein's 100th anniversary in Tucson, January 27th and 28th, and Phoenix, February 2nd through the 4th. Tickets still available at azopera.org. Check out the third edition of Podcasting for Dummies, written by T. Morris and Chuck Tomasi. Go to podcastingfordummies.com. When we, we want to... Blah, 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 can blah. I talk? That's all. <laughs> we want to give a big shout out to GoDaddy for the great products and customer service they provide. I kind of have GoDaddy withdrawal this week. I haven't called them once. I have called them talk about cats or something. Oh, they miss you. Yes, they are our new web hosting partner. Thank you very much. And as always, everybody knows that we are huge supporters of independent creators, whether it's filmmakers, comic book artists, writers, or other. We found that there is a tremendous amount of talent out there that doesn't get the big fame and fortune. So if you hear about somebody doing a crowdfunding campaign or trying to raise money for an independent project, please consider supporting them. You can usually get involved for very little if, if you know, even a dollar in yeah, some cases. Yeah, in some cases. And you never know. You might be part of something big. Please consider supporting independent creators. Special shout-out to the Doctor Who Fancast Guide. You can find it by going to Twitter. Look for at Talking Who. They are Doctor Who Talking Who. They publish a Doctor Who Fancast Guide that recirculates many of our stories. Also, you can find the Arkle Times Post-Dispatch News on Twitter by looking for the human Arkle. His uh, Twitter handle is naturally at Arkle, A-R-K-L-E. And that special thanks to Arkle for the Arkle Times Post-Dispatch News for republishing our content as well. And Arkle, also known as Brian Weber, also has the incorrect Star Trek Voyager quotes on Tumblr. Check it out when you can. It's great. It's a hoot. It's a lot of fun. Just don't get caught doing it while you're at work. And we want to thank uh, Brian Arkell for his analysis of Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, Check it out us, on yeah, our website. Good We're going to have a that. link in the, in the show notes for that. We want to give a shout-out to The Looky Show. The twins are a hoot. They really give us some love on uh, Twitter. And you want to check out their show on YouTube. It's called Looky Show. They do a very unique uh, movie reviews and television reviews. So check them out. Special shout out to the Facebook group, The Gay Geek, for allowing us to post our episodes on this wonderful, most awesome page of great geeky goodness. And the URL is facebook.com slash group slash The Gay Geek. And as always, our most heartfelt thanks to Jeremiah Rees for giving us his blessings to share our stuff there. Thank you, Jeremiah. We want to 
Remind you to occasionally click on our Amazon ads. We've got ads at the bottom of each article and each webcast episode, as well as widgets on the side of the page. Doesn't cost anything. If you do choose to buy something from Amazon, please click on one of our search ads. We get a little bit of a kickback. Thank you. And last but not least, check us out on iHeartRadio and Spreaker and SoundCloud and YouTube and every place. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go listen to us over there. And uh, check us out on iTunes and review us. Thank you very much. Now it's time for that sound. That's our next time sound. Next time, we are going to have an interview with uh, film director Maurice Himes. He has a new film out, and we'll talk about that next week. Okay, that should do it for this episode of TG Geeks Webcast. Be sure to check out the article for this webcast episode. We'll have several links on the page. You, and remember, you can comment on our Facebook page or our website, tggeeks.com, or you can leave us a voicemail at 469-TG-GEEKS. That is 469-844-3357. From TG Squared Studios, I'm Keith Lane. Thanks for listening. I bid you peace. Cheers. Cheers.